give ourselves to the mission every day. And truly, what a privilege it is to serve God. Amen. I, uh, I'm reminded, of course, with everything that's going on in our world today, the, uh, uh, the travesty going on in Ukraine. We're going to have a special time of prayer for Ukraine this morning. And I'm, I'm looking forward to that time because I know that God hears us. These are times where we need to come together and to pray. These, these are times when we need to, to put our faith in the God above. And our goal is, is clear, is to take the gospel wherever we may go. And, and, and the Lord is calling you and I today to be that church. We're, we're not called just to be a church that, well, we're going to meet, and uh, if, if, if people show up, that's good. If not, you know, that's kind of our thought. But today we are here, and we are going before the very throne of God to, to see what it is that he would have us here today. And as we read God's word, I pray that you would just read this with that type of spirit, that you would be praying, God, every single word you speak to me is life. Every single thing. Here in John chapter 5, which is what we're going to be out of, it's, it's life for you and I today. It's not just life for people that lived 2,000 years ago. It's not, it's not just life for Southern Baptists in Oklahoma, but it's also it's life for Christians who are, who are being bombarded by Russians today in Ukraine. God is calling you and I today to draw closer to Jesus because that is where our life is in. And as we go through this, this book of John over the next several weeks, we're looking at this definition as to who is Jesus. I believe the world's asking that question, don't you? Who is Jesus? And as believers in Christ, uh, they ought to be able to see Christ in you and I today. That the definition is how we live. Because we've been forever changed. We are now new creatures in Christ. Can the church say amen to that? We're not old. We're not, we're not like some, some dead religion. We are a live relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And here we see in chapter 5, the, the Lord continuing to reach out to people. Look at verse 1. John chapter 5, verse 1. It says, after this there was a feast of the Jews. And Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool in Aramaic called Bethesda, which has five roofed colonnades. And in these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. And one man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. Can you imagine? And when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be healed? (laughs) The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I'm going, another steps down before me. And Jesus said to him, Get up, take up your bed and walk. And at once the man was healed. And he took up his bed and he walked. Now that day was the Sabbath. So the Jews said to the man who had been healed, It is the Sabbath, and it is not lawful for you to take up your bed. But he answered them, The man who healed me, that man said to me, Take up your bed and walk. And they asked him, Who is this man who said to you, Take up your bed and walk? Now the man who had been healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn as there was a crowd in the place. And afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you're well. Sin no more, that nothing worse may happen to you. The man, he went away and he told the Jews that it was Jesus who had healed him. And this was why the Jews were persecuting Jesus. Because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, My father is working until now, 
and I am working. This is why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him, because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. Would you pray with me this morning? Lord, we thank you for your word. And what a blessing it is, God. What a, what a pure blessing it is to hear your word and, and to join with other believers this morning and to hear a clear defini- definition as to who Christ is. Lord, so many times we, we let society shape who Christ is in our minds. Today we serve a risen King, a risen Lord, a risen Redeemer to mankind. God, let that shape the way we live our lives daily. To know that our God is a God of redemption who has authority, and who will be given glory in the end for all all that happens. We love you, God. I pray that you would draw people to you today, to repentance, and to believe in you and your name. Amen. Amen. I I love this story when we see the the very nature of who Jesus is. I I think it's interesting as we're going through the book of John, we see that Jesus kind of goes to people who aren't the, the popular people. Have you noticed that so far? And he goes to Samaria. He, you know, he deals with people like that. He goes to just a wedding feast. I know all you guys in here love going to weddings. Aren't they fun? I like the cake. But I think for the most part, you know, Jesus goes to these places where no one else was going. He, he's just kind of going to normal, everyday Joes and Janes. He's just going and visiting with them. He's just, he's just being God to them. And honestly, he's, he's showing himself to them. He's, he's just being a loving person. And that goes a long ways. I guess as a, as a preacher, I could just go off that and say, well, Jesus is all about love. And I think we all could agree to that. I think the modern day church kind of stops there too. They say, well, Jesus is love. And that's where they want to end it, right? That's an easy message to preach. Hey, you may not agree with Jesus, but guess what? He loves you. He loves you. And truly he does. He does love us. But the God I serve is, he's more interested in just loving us. He, he wants to redeem us. He wants to save us. If there's something going on in our lives that's not in line with God's will, God wants to change that. He doesn't want to leave us the same. And in this story, we see a picture of that redeeming God. In verse 7, it's interesting. We, we kind of gra- gather our first point from verse 7. But Jesus walks up to the man, and honestly in verse 6 and 7, but he walks up to the man and he asks that question, Do you want to be healed? I think our first point that I'd want to draw this morning is that Jesus has a desire to bring people to repentance. Now before we get too judgy, because we're good Southern Baptists, right? We're sitting in church today. We could be sitting in a lot of places. Don't go looking around and see who's not here this morning. Well, I guess they don't trust God on these icy roads or whatever. We must first come to this point and realize this morning that Jesus loves people and his desire is to see people redeemed. That's, that's the call today. I know this theme keeps coming up, but I think it's important because as we're looking at this definition as to who Christ is, we must understand that He values redemption. His whole goal in coming to earth wasn't just to write a book. It wasn't just to be popular and to have people follow Him. I mean, for crying out loud, He was hung on a cross, right? He was, he was ridiculed. He was spat upon. This same Christ that I'm speaking of now, he values redemption. And his desire today is to see people brought to redemption. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but um, our world's kind of falling apart. Crazy, isn't it? I never thought I would live on the brink of World War III. 
I heard someone say the other day, you know, I'd like to just live a year without being in some kind of, you know, crazy historical time. <laughs> Since 2020, it's just been a little bit different, hasn't it? We had it, had it pretty easy for a while. But here we are in 2022, you know, and, and all that's going on in the world today, all I can say to you folks, and all I can say to anyone in the world today is to lift your head up and to look to Christ. He's the, he's the Redeemer. I've got a lot of brothers in Christ. They're wanting to get into, you know, Ezekiel chapter 38 and 39. Is, is Russia in that? You know, you get into to talking about Jesus, and he said that, you know, in the end times that there would be wars and rumors of wars and pestilence, right? And plagues. I don't know how much more of a plague we could have than, than COVID. It has ravaged the world. Whether we want to like it or not, it's there. But here's what I can say. I, I'm, not a, I'm not a prophetic teacher per se. I'll, I'm going to say what the Word of God says, and I'm not going to say what it doesn't say, okay? But when you get into the Word of God, what we do know is that Christ says, lift your head up and look to me. Look to who I am. Our answer today is not understanding prophetic wisdom. I know it's there and it's interesting. And if you like prophecy, I'm not cutting you down by any means. But, I, but I'm pretty sure that over the years that Ezekiel 38 and 39 has been equated to a lot of different people a lot of different times. I get it. We can get lost in that or guys, here's what we can do. We can focus on Jesus, our hope. That's what we need to be doing. And Jesus here, he, he asked this man a question that I think is wonderful because it, it really speaks to the heart of Christ. He asked him that question, would you like to be well? Would you like to be well? How many of us in here today would like to be well? Man, I'm praising God. I can breathe clear. I've had about a month and a half of coughing and just, this is terrible. I liked the thought of being well during that time. And now I'm actually trying to you know, breathe a little better. Aren't you guys glad to see Brother Mike here this morning? I know he's glad to be well this morning. Amen? He's not just here, but he's up here playing bass. I love it. But the thing that we need to know this morning is this question wasn't just a question like, well, would you like to be well? Because we know that his answer, right? Hey, hey, lame man who's laying by a pool, destitute, would you like to be better? You know, he wasn't just asking him a yes or no question. They're going to turn and walk off. But behind this question is also a promise. Would you like to be well? He's offering this man healing. Church, what I want you to know today is that the questions of God, the, the, the prompts of God, the conversations of God to you and I today are backed by promise. Jesus is not weak. He's not falling apart. Christianity is not a, 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 like a religion that's, that's just not relevant anymore. Guys, what I want you to understand this morning is that our relationship with Jesus is very much alive. And his goal today, his goal today is to bring people to redemption. Christ's question here, would you like to be well? It's not an empty question. Honestly, he's inviting this guy to be well. I wonder, in our own evangelistic efforts, do we ever just ask people that? Do you ever just ask someone that question? What do you mean? Someone dealing with intense sin or addiction, have you ever just said, hey, would you want to be free? The answer is not in ourselves. It's not in our denomination. But guys, what I want you to understand, our answer is in Christ. And the reason is because Christ has a desire to see people set free. That's our call today. Man, the, 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 the job of being a pastor, for that matter, let's go bigger. The call of being a Christian is a wonderful call. Because we're inviting people to be set free. I believe most of us in here probably believe that for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should, what? Not perish. 
I think I have that desire. I know you do. I, I look here in Scripture and I see a Christ who is really concerned about people's futures. And His job, His desire, His, his heart is to see people brought to redemption. And so Jesus asking this man, would you like to be well, is not just a question. It's not just passing conversation. It's not Jesus being a smart aleck or anything like that. It's Jesus saying, here, I've got the way for you. I can heal you. I can make you well. And that's our Christ we serve today. He has a desire to bring people to redemption. And I think that applies on a lot of levels, don't you? It's not just physical. It's not just geopolitical. But it's also within our own sinful natures. Would you like to be well from the sin that holds you down? Well, i got good news for you today because Jesus is able to do that. It's not just a word that I'm saying today to make us feel good, but it's the truth. And your friends and your families and your neighbors and your co-workers that don't know Jesus, today they can know Jesus. And so as the church of God, we need to be a group of people who are going out here and not relenting from the question, would you like to be well? Because guess what? You and I have the answer. We can ask people, would you like to be well? Sometimes I'm sitting at a, at a basketball game and I wonder if some of these refs know Jesus or not. You know, I'm like, are, would you like to have sight again, sir? Would you, would you like to see? I see that sometimes. The guys last night weren't too bad, but you know. We won't talk about the guy from last week. But anyways, we, we, we've missed those opportunities though, I believe. We're, we have opportunity to go and to ask someone, would you like to be set free? And honestly, that just goes back to the heart of who Christ is. He has a desire to bring people to redemption. I love the church, not because, you know, this is a good place. Yesterday, a bunch of you men, y'all showed up and we got shovels and we shoveled off ice and snow and that was fun. We were all a little bit jealous of the tractor and all that. That was a little easier job, but, you know, we're out there and we're just having a good time. But it's deeper than just a bunch of guys showing up and shoveling snow, right? It's, it's more than just a bunch of people getting dressed up and coming to church and, and sitting here. It's deeper than that. It's, it's understanding that you and I have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And the call of the church today isn't just to be a group of people who come together and congregate and make each other feel good, but this is a place where we arm ourselves to go out into the world and to do battle against the devil. As sure as our brothers and sisters in, in Ukraine today are having to defend their homelands, we need to understand today that there is a very spiritual battle. And honestly, that's our big call. We're, we're, we're not called to battle against flesh. We're called to battle against spiritual principalities. There's a spiritual thing that the church is battling today. Sin. It's the devil working around, roaming to and fro, seeking who he may devour. But Jesus has this desire to bring redemption. And so that should be the heart of our heart as well. We want to see people changed. That's what I love about his church. So what I love about being a pastor is that you get to see people set free. It's not all about programming. It's not all about, you know, well, how much stuff you got going on at your church or, you know, what, what's, the, what's the money situation at your church or, you know, what is this going on at your church? It is about whether or not we are discipling people to know the Redeemer of Redeemers. That's Jesus. Because today, I, I don't know about y'all, but I'm not good enough to evangelize the world, are you? But through Christ I am. Philippians 4.13, the most misused scripture in the world today. They think it has to do with football or basketball or whatever. Philippians 4.13 is all about salvation. And that through Christ, we can do those things. We can be saved. Through Christ, we can lead others to Jesus. 
That's really the call today of the church is to have the heart of Jesus, that desire. We should have a, an intense desire to bring people to redemption. Those people in your life who don't know Jesus right now, you ought to be just chomping at the bit to get out of here to tell them about Jesus. And it could be as simple as asking, would you like to be well? Are you tired of running? The second point we look at this morning comes out of verses 8 and 9 is this thought that Jesus has the authority to bring redemption. Now, I know I'm preaching to the choir this morning, but guys, we believe Jesus has the authority. Amen? His death on the cross wasn't just a death, but it was a redemptive force for mankind. And he didn't stay dead in a tomb, but he rose again to prove who he was. That's the Christ we serve today. He has the authority. Verses 8 and 9, we get this picture. Jesus said to this man, get up and what? Get up and gripe. Get up and go fix a potluck. Get up, take up your bed, and what? Walk. The one thing this man couldn't do. Jesus asked the guy just earlier, 7, verse 6, 7, he's asking him, hey, would you like to be healed? Would you like to, to get up? And the man says, his answer cracks me up because it sounds like a lot of us today. His answer wasn't even yes, was it? His answer was like, well, I'd like to, but I can't jump in this bubbly water. That was his answer. Like this man was so stuck in his depression. He was so stuck in, in where he was at in life. He couldn't see the fact that Jesus was offering him life. And really this, this speaks to, I believe, salvation today that when we come to Christ, it's not like you and I all of a sudden have this aha moment that like, well, I, I better get better now. I better start acting good. No, it's God coming down to you and He opens your mind to see the fact that you need to be saved. This, this man is visited by Jesus that day. He didn't understand that there was even hope for his life. But Jesus came and gave him hope that day. And the reason is because Jesus had authority. And I want us as the church to kind of get past this, like, this mentality. Well, like, we can't grow our churches because, uh, it, because of COVID. We can't, we can't grow our churches because it's 2022 and everybody's really leery about the church. We, we can't grow our churches because Southern Baptist is on the door, right? I have a lot of, a lot of friends. They want to change the name of their churches because, oh, Southern Baptist has a bad connotation. Well, if all you're preaching is Southern Baptist, that is a bad connotation. We need to be preaching Jesus. Christ is who we preach. Why? Because He has the desire for redemption. And guys, catch this. He has the authority to bring redemption. That's the Christ we serve today. Jesus looks at the man and He doesn't just say, oh, okay, well, good luck. I hope, uh, you know, I hope you get some braces for your legs. Or I hope you get a wheelchair. Or I hope, you know, medical science advances really quick so that you can be healed. No. He looks at the man and He tells him, get up, take up your bed, and walk. And it's interesting, he tells him that in that order. I don't know if you guys have thought about that before. He tells him to get up. So let's imagine, if you will, a man laying by a pool. He can't walk. But he's, he's, he's lying there, and Jesus tells him to get up. So he gets up, right? What, what's the next thing he tells him? Pick your bed up. In other words, get up from that situation that you're living in. I think there may be some of us in the church today that God has told us the same thing. Get up. And we've gotten up. But we leave our bed laying there. We don't make our bed. We just leave it laying there. In other words, we leave our situation there. We still live in that situation. Jesus wasn't just telling him to get his bed and pick it up and, and that way it looks cool. 
Jesus wasn't being a neat freak here and saying, make your bed for crying out loud. He wasn't, it wasn't saying that to the man. He was telling him, you're going to live in a different reality now. You're not going to be living by this pool anymore. You're going to roll that, you're going to roll that mat up and you're going to go somewhere else and you're going to live somewhere else. Your life is going to be forever different. And guys, for the church today, I want you to understand, redemption is not just a little thing that Jesus does for you, but it's a total thing. We are new creatures in Christ Jesus today. Let the church say amen to that. We roll the bed up. We're completely different than we were before we came to Christ. It's not the same. It's not the same in any respect. It's, it's you and I today living in the truth of the matter that Jesus, catch this, Jesus desires redemption in the lives of people. Complete redemption, not partial redemption. And he desires it, yes, but he also has authority to do it. I've had people come to me before and they had the answer. Well, I, I can fix that for you, but they couldn't. You ever had a plumber come to your house and he says, oh, I can fix that, but he doesn't. We've all had situations like that. I, I, I know Mike's here. I don't want to talk bad about mechanics, but sometimes mechanics say, I can fix that for this amount of money, right? But we know how cars are, especially if they're Fords. We, we know how they work, right? They're going to break. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I just lost two people in here. Okay, so this idea that, that you know we, we trust people, but they can't always fix things, right? Well, I want you to understand, and I want you to think about it today. Jesus is able to fully fix whatever's going on in your life today. Whatever. He has the authority. I mean, this man couldn't walk. He was not just a man who couldn't walk, but he was depressed. The only thing he could think about is like, I can't get to that water. I can't. He was very focused. 38 years of looking at bubbling water, and he never was healed. He never made it to the water in time. But yet, the water of life came to him that day and said, do you want to walk? The, the living water came to him that day and said, get up, take up your bed, get out of that situation, and now walk away and walk in newness of life. I know we can easily see the, the spiritual implications of what Jesus does to the sinner in this story. It's very clear. But Jesus doesn't, you know, yeah, he cares about our spiritual thing. That's why he came. But I believe Jesus cares about the things we're going through right now, too. Here in a few moments, we're going to be praying for Ukraine. Do you think Jesus is concerned about the church and the people in Ukraine? He absolutely is. I'm even going to go a little bit further. Do you think Jesus is concerned about the salvation of Vladimir Putin? He absolutely is. I know a lot of people, and I don't have a lot of patience for a guy that goes out and, you know, we've had politicians call him genius and all these kinds of things. American politicians calling this man a genius, calling him very savvy. I don't call a man savvy or genius that goes out here and blows up women and children in their homes. That's my human side speaking. Understand. But here's what I do know. There's a God in heaven that's very concerned about Vladimir Putin's redemption. So me, as a believer, and, and a lot of believers I see posting and testifying in Ukraine, I see such a love from those people, the churches that are there. You think they would just quit worshiping God? No, they're, they're getting down in the underground and they're worshiping Jesus anyways. They're singing praises to God anyways because they know that ultimately Jesus can redeem all things. And I believe Christ can redeem even the situation in Ukraine today, does there have to be a World War III? I've heard some people say, well, it's going to happen because 
No prophecy, this, that, and the other. I don't know what's going to happen, but what I do know is that I am called to look to my Redeemer today. It's almost like some people read prophecy and they they read it so that they can stop it from happening. Do you understand what prophecy is? I mean, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen, right? This is God's plan. But through it all, Christ is King. Christ is Redeemer. And if, if the worst thing happens in Ukraine, if all of this spreads into America and all of a sudden we're stuck living in tunnels and fearing for our lives and trying to protect our families and trying to find food, if that comes to America, I want you to hear this today. You still have Jesus, the ultimate redeemer. Jesus tells him, hey, get up and walk. And it's interesting that the guy does what? He goes from being this doubter to what? A guy who gets up, takes up his bed, and walks. He does it. From one verse, he's like, oh, I can't do this because of life. He goes from that to being a person who gets up and walks. And not just someone who gets up and walks, but he testifies about what's happened to him. He tells people. For good or bad, he tells people. Of course, the Jews, the Pharisees, they didn't like this. They thought it was terrible. Jesus was just rocking the boat. They did not like that. But this really speaks to me of of how Jesus really does change us from the inside out. But there was a time in your life that you probably made excuses not to go to church. You made excuses not to read your Bible. You made excuses not to pray. You made excuses not to believe. But one day Jesus opened your eyes and you're like, oh. oh." Jesus looked at you and said, get up. Quit living like the, the person that you have been living like and walk in newness of life. That's the call for the believer today. We look at this story, and it's very spiritual. It's very physical. Like, we can see that God is concerned about people. I know there are people you know right now that are in hospitals or laying there, and they're really, they're dying. And I, I get it. It's hard, isn't it? It's hard to watch people die. It's hard, it's hard to watch people deal with that kind of stuff in their life. But we know that redemption is something that Jesus has done. And, and praise be to God that even if death comes to us, where do we get to go? Through the hope that we have in Jesus Christ, we have heaven. We have heaven. Well, through all of this, look at verse 10. We're, we get to our last point this morning. Jesus brings redemption for what? So that you can feel good? <laughs> he brings redemption for his glory. He, he has the ability, he has the authority, he has the desire for redemption in mankind. But check this out. He does it so that he is glorified. The pain that you're going through right now is going to give God glory. Everybody hear that. I'm going to say it one more time, okay? The pain that you're going through, the travesties that you're going through, the hard times that you're going through, one one of these days God's going to turn that into his glory. The the, the good times, the bad times, it's going to be used for the glory of God. What that really means, and I know people can misconstrue that, and they say, well, God, he's he's just a terrible person if he likes seeing us going through hard times. So that goes for his glory. That could get confusing. But what I want you to understand is that everything that's bad here on earth, one day Jesus, the Redeemer, is going to redeem every bit of it. Every bit of it. Everything that you and I mess up, God is going to redeem it. So Jesus is this, he's this bringer of redemption, and he does it for his glory. In verse 10 there, we read where Jesus, he looks at these guys, and and he's he's talking to them, and he's telling them, you know, that, that this is, you know, it's the Sabbath, sure. And so these people, they were mad because in verse 10 they say, well, hey man, you, you can't pick your bed up and walk. It's the Sabbath. I mean, can you imagine being in a religion where you couldn't even make your bed on a Sunday? That's what these guys dealt with. 
you think you think uh, us Baptists have a lot of rules and regulations? It's nothing like what these were dealing with. You can't even make your bed. And all this happens. Jesus, in verse 17, he looks at these, these Pharisees and he says, my father is working until now, and guess what? I am working. I am working. Not was working, not will work, but I am working. It really harkens itself back to uh, Moses. When Moses was going before Pharaoh, and Pharaoh you know, was, was being so mean to their people, and they were going through hard times. You remember this? They were going through rough times. This was their World War III. They were in slavery. Moses says, God, you can send me, but I don't know what to say. Who do I say even sent me? God says, I am. And here we see God in flesh, Jesus. He says, I am, what? Working. I see this whole picture of like God the same yesterday, today, and forever. We see it all through Scripture. He's not just a God who's in passing, but he is. Jesus says, I am. Even that Greek imperative, imperfect tense that we see here, was doing. In other words, it's something he is doing repeatedly. And we already know this. Just chapter 5 in here, we've seen so many works of Jesus so far, haven't we? Starting in chapter 1, we see the declaration as to who Jesus is, that he is creator. And then we see all these miracles that are happening. And then we get to chapter 5, and Jesus raises a guy that had been lame for so long. And it was for his glory. And it wasn't just him making a guy being able to walk. But it begins to affect the religious establishment. They take note of it. They look at this guy and they say, well, why, what's going on here? And Jesus says, I am working. Here's the thing we need to know today as we go into a time of prayer here in a few minutes. Here's what we need to know. Is that Jesus is still working. He's still working. There's, there's still hope for Ukraine. If, if Russia takes over, there's still hope for Ukraine and Russia. Russia keeps spreading. I know we may have that real fear here. That may be a reality for, for us. That there may be a world war. I, there, I don't know. There may be. I don't want to paint a little rosy picture saying, well, it's not going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. But here again, we have the truth that Jesus is our Redeemer. And so we look to our Redeemer, not to the hills, not to, not to bombs, not to guns. I love living so close to Tinker, kind of. I mean, I don't know if this would be the first place Russia would bomb, but, you know, I, I think about that kind of stuff. But up to a few weeks ago, right over our house every day, two or three times a day, we would see the B-1B bomber flying over. And I didn't think at the time, I'm like, ah, that's probably nothing. They're just working on those suckers. They're probably gearing up for something. They knew something was coming, right? But I don't trust in those planes, which, by the way, I haven't seen them flying over lately. So that tells me something, too. They're not here. They're somewhere else. Haven't seen a lot of the AWACS circling over my house, either. What does that tell me? Well... I shouldn't trust in bombers and jets and planes and guns and politicians. Lord knows we don't trust in politicians. We don't, we don't do that. Who do we trust in? We trust in the Redeemer. The Redeemer who has a desire to bring people to redemption. The Redeemer who has the authority. No matter who the president is, he really don't have any authority. Do you know that? We put so much stock in as to who our president is. We need to be turning to Jesus because he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He has the authority for redemption. And as the church, as believers in Jesus Christ, you and I need to be going from this place understanding who's really in control. Because all of this, whatever happens, is going to bring God glory in the end. It's going to bring God glory. And that's 
It's a beautiful thing. Jesus has all authority. Look at verse 19. So Jesus said to them, he's continuing his conversation with the Pharisees, with the Jews, and he says, Truly, truly, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing. Whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all that he himself is doing, and greater works than these will he show him, so that you may marvel. Jesus, again, he's not stepping back at this point. There was a point in Jesus' ministry, he was like, don't tell anybody, right? Don't tell people. But now Jesus is out there saying, yep, I'm God. I'm Redeemer. God and I are one. It's, there's, no, there's no distinction, no separation there. We are one. I am the Son of God. I am the Son of Man. And you see it time and time again. Jesus is claiming to these people who he is. He's letting them know. Verse 22 says, For the Father judges no one, but has given all judgment. To who? To the Son. There's a jab at the religious folk of the day. Hey, you may not like what I'm doing, but I'm going to be your judge someday. In fact, I'm the judge now. Christ has all authority. Verse 24, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. As believers in Jesus Christ today, we can say, Amen, I believe that. These guys hadn't believed it yet. Well, here's the warning. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. Now look at verse 25. Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and is here now when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. Now I know that probably just blew their mind. Jesus is saying here, one of these days, dead people are going to raise from the ground. We know, we know what happened when Christ rose again, right? When he died. That people busted out of the ground. We hear this story, this, this, uh, this account that there were people ri- that rose from the dead on the, the day that Christ died. You think those words resonated with those people then? When Christ went to the cross, the man they sent to the cross, and all of a sudden there's people raising from the dead, and they're like, what, what, what is this? I want to tell you something. One of these days that's going to happen again. Christ here is declaring who he is. He is a a God who desires redemption. Everybody hear that. God wants redemption. A lot of people have this idea that God's up there in heaven, and he's just kind of smashing people with his thumb. They think that's the work of God. The work of God is to redeem mankind. If we die in our sin, it's because we live in our sin. If we die in our rebellion, it's because we live in our rebellion. But today you and I have this option. Today the world has the option to trust in Christ because He is the true Redeemer that desires redemption. He has the authority for redemption, and all this is going to be for His glory. Verse 27, we're just wrapping this up this morning. As He has given him authority to execute judgment because he is the Son of Man. Jesus is not pulling back here. He's just giving it to him. You know, he's not speaking in parables, if you notice this. He's like, I'm the Son of Man. That's who I am. Verse 29, And come out, those who have done good to the resurrection of life, and those who have done evil, uh uh-oh, to the resurrection of judgment. What we see here is Jesus saying, everybody's going to be resurrected, but what are you resurrected to? Are you resurrected to life? Are you resurrected to judgment? I I stand up here today saying, you know what? My judgment's covered. It feels pretty good. But I can't say that it's something I did. I don't brag about it. It's nothing I've done. It's a work of God. Amen? That when judgment day comes, I'm one of His. It's wonderful. I can remember several years ago, we uh, 
we bought some vacation time in California, and um, we went to these places, these little like resorts or whatever, you know. They tried to get us buying into this uh, timeshare and all that fun stuff, you know. But we go to these places, and like you walk in there, and the people treat you like royalty. Hey, Mr. Henson, may I park your car for you? You know, let's carry your bags to your rooms. And, you know, if you've ever been on a cruise ship, they treat you the same way, right? They come in there, they sneak into your room at some point, and they, they like, they like make little animals for your bed out of towels. It's just weird. I don't know how they get in and out, because I'm like, how, were they in here while I was in the shower? Because I don't know how this happens. But you go on these ships, these places, and people treat you like royalty, right? Church, what I want you to understand today, you have a God of the universe who loves you. And, and he's working all this stuff out. It's way better than any vacation rental that you can have in this world. And we know this. That Jesus, he tells his disciples later that one of these days I'm going to go away. But if I go away, what am I going to do for you? I'm going to prepare a place for you. You see, these stories are not just stories of Jesus healing people and making people feel good. These stories are really pictures of the heart of God. And His heart for you and I today is that we be redeemed. His heart for the people around the world is that they be redeemed. And one day we're going to see His glory fulfilled. Amen. That one of these days we're going to see all this come to be. But there's going to be a, a, a completion, the end of, of all of this. I want to leave you with a thought. Your life may be in shambles right now. Your life may be in shambles. You, you may have uh, a, a controlled life by sin or a controlled life by past mistakes. Maybe you live in the past and you just hate yourself for the things you did in the past. I, wanna, I want you to know today that there's a God in the universe who wants to redeem you from all of that. He wants to set you free from that stuff. And honestly, there's no amount of counseling or medication. There's no amount of, of money in the world. There's no amount of prestige. It's going to bring you peace. Only Christ will. Only Christ will bring you this stuff. I'm not taking away from counseling. I'm not taking away from medication. I get that. I, man, I've been there, right? I, I've got some PTSD from stuff I've seen. I, I've went to see a counselor before. I didn't ever used to like to talk about that, right? Because I'm a man. You don't want to talk about that stuff. But I'm talking spiritually today. God can relinquish that, that pain that you feel. Tired of running, quit running. You know? If, if you're tired of the pain, turn to Jesus because He has a desire to see you redeemed. He has the authority to see you redeemed. And guys, He's going to be glorified by all of it. And that's, we're all going to be better for it. That's the Jesus I'm speaking of. When I talk about, do you have Christ in your heart? Do you? Because if you do, He's wiped all this stuff away, He's done a work there. Your life may be in shambles, but there is a, there's a God, there is a son here, what we've been reading about Jesus, who desires, he has the authority, and by his works he will be glorified. And guys, this is going to be a beautiful thing. So today, what do we need to do? Whether you're sitting in this place or you're listening later, I want you to understand today that we need to recognize that call of God in our lives. For some of us, we've never accepted Jesus as our Savior. If I say that and it kind of strikes a chord and you're like, yep, that's me, hear me out. That if God is tenderly calling you today to salvation, He's opening your eyes to see the depravity of your sin and that you need to be saved, today is the day to say, Lord, work through me. 
Maybe today we're believers in Christ Jesus and we're just not living like we should and we need to just, you know, we need to suit up and go to battle. If that's us today, let's do it. Let's recognize the call of Christ today. The, the Christ, the Jesus who loves us so much that he desires our redemption, the Jesus who loves us so much that he has the authority to redeem us, that's the Christ I'm speaking of today. Because today is the day of salvation. If you don't know Christ today, the Bible teaches us that we've all sinned and we've all fallen short of God's glory. Let the church say amen. We don't pass judgment in those ways on people. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of God's glory. But the gift of God is what? Eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And if we believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. If you need to know Christ today, today is the day. You need to get with some. Come grab me after service. Come grab one of the deacons. Come, come talk to someone. Say, I want to be saved today. Today is the day of salvation. If you hear that call from the, the gentle Redeemer, listen to it. Church, can I ask you guys to do something as the church? Get out there. Get out there and talk to people about Christ. Get out there and ask the people, would you like to be well? I used to not be well, but now I am because Jesus loves me. Jesus redeemed me.